I went to art school, man. I appreciate a good installation. <laughs> Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Welcome to DeFi Download. I'm John T. With me every week is the Kurt. How's it going, Kurt? Yo. Yo, yo. We tackle the toughest questions in decentralized finance. Follow us at DeFi underscore download on Twitter. Comment, tag us with your questions. Uh, we'll cover we'll cover them on the show. Just a quick... It's weird. Uh, it's a weird week over here. Weird uh, week? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's... Well, in the U.S., it's Thanksgiving. Sort of holiday week back half of the week ish and nobody gets to do what they usually do because of the pandemic right uh, yeah yeah uh for those unaware thanksgiving the whole point is you get a bunch of people together in a small room inside uh you eat turkey and watch watch football not very good pandemic activities not, especially yeah. in la la's just not, starting to re-shut down again so yeah it's i i found it tough to reconcile the euphoria of uh bitcoin crossing nineteen thousand, ethereum crossing 600 all and great the fact things that you can't tell anyone about it at thanksgiving <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all happy things what's, what's funny there is that it really eliminates one of those sort of relevant but but as a meme like feels trite like like incoming signals regarding the state of a bull run when people are asking me about it at thanksgiving and i'm trying to onboard people to crypto while it's like that's the thing that happened last time there was a bull run that's not happened yet so we're not even like even at the numbers that we're looking at as gets into the first topic you just you already called out like nineteen thousand bitcoin last time we hit 19 or 20 ish on bitcoin like it, it was at a level where my parents were going, what's the deal with this Bitcoin stuff? We're not at that level yet, right? So it has not reemerged. It just hit Jim Cramer level yesterday, which is still not is still not Dennis Rodman level. <laughs> well, I think the the, the biggest uh, the best thing I saw on Twitter as far as like the indication is when like CNBC is giving you step by step instructions to buy a piece of shit coin, like they were last last time when they're right. trying to show you how you could buy xrp at three dollars it's like (laughs) here you go just walk yourself into financial ruin that's a a good good question though like i hear that all the time or like oh are the normies here like you get bugged you're the crypto guy you get bugged for uh you know once price hits a certain point you start you know people come out of the woodworks i don't know if it's just me or my family or my friends like i try to tell people about it and and no one bugs me (laughs) no one comes out of the woodworks like, do you get that? Do you do you have that indicator? Do you have that like tertiary fourth to eighth circle of removal uh, of friends that come out when this stuff? Yeah, happens? and so that's that's the part where like I've not yet hit. Like, never mind the pop, the incoming pop culture uh, uh, sort of signal, but like, yeah, that's the Thanksgiving signal, right? Like, you start to be like, okay, how how how. How far removed is the person that somebody was like, oh, yeah, you should talk to Kerb. Uh, We've hit the level where my independent artist friends are interested again. It happened in 2017 where, like, I'd be at house parties after somebody's show and some person who was a friend of a friend but that I'm, you know, like, cookout friendly with would say, hey, so what's the deal with Ethereum? And then I and then their eyes would cross as soon as I got to, like, proof of work and things like that. Um, we've not hit that point again. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess an odd 
proportion of my close friends from high school ended up becoming doctors. So I think that's part of it too, or they, they just have other things that they're, Liquid, that they're yeah. doing. Uh, but to, a little bit of it's creeping in now because my uh, it's weird to call him a, I guess, stepfather-in-law. I don't know. My wife's mother's husband. Um, good guy. Does trading, though. Like, is more of a trader and in-profession in sales sales guy in, in, in finance more directly. He is now, uh, you know, my, my wife will call her mom, put her on FaceTime, try to show him, show him the, the toddler running around. And then it's like, oh, Barry wants to, to hop in and say something. Uh, he's popped <laughs> okay. in and started so, asking yeah. more about, about Bitcoin, right. so you've, uh, ether. So you're getting close to Thanksgiving level. Like that yeah. starts to be the level of like, That's Hey, level. I don't know that I would have bugged you out of nowhere, but since we're in the same room watching football together, I feel like you're going to know what the hell the deal is with this Bitcoin shit. <laughs> and I, I think uh, with the, it, to bring it back to, I guess, DeFi is, you know, we're so DeFi focused here, which is largely on Ethereum. I guess, you know, technically you could say, okay, all of this stuff could exist elsewhere, but to have DeFi, you have to have like that base layer decentralized infrastructure. And to have that, you need like a track record. And Bitcoin and Ethereum are the only things that have that track record right now where people, there's valuable block space that people are paying high fees for. Um, they've been around for a long time and you can't, none of these other chains, even if they do work out, uh, you know, EOS seems like that's kind of going away. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it, anything happening on EOS. But then you have, you know, all the different uh, the different chains with um, Cosmos and Polkadot, where there's a lot of experimentation going on, but nothing's like nothing's, you know, by any means can you say okay, this is a proven success. It's like they're 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 still fresh, new building. Um, when you go into Coinbase which is where most people are, are going to buy this stuff. Great. Bitcoin, Ether right there at the top. Um, but the next things you see are like Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, XRP. Uh, you know, I don't know if Bitcoin SVs on there. It's a lot of garbage. So, you know, talking to my stepfather-in-law and he's like, oh, well, I, you know, obviously Bitcoin and ETH. And it's great that if you're going to get in, just dip your toes in, start there. Just dollar cost average in buy over time some bitcoin and eth but uh then he started asking like oh maybe i was going to get some some litecoin and some stellar i'm like i've been in this space for a long time i feel like i'm pretty dialed in on what's going on and i don't think there's anything going on over there but there's such a huge hurdle to then even to filter through a like this default list of just crap that's at the top i assume it's just market cap base but you know same thing with cat uh paypal they brought in Bitcoin and ETH. You can buy that on PayPal now, but you can also buy Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash, which I don't For me, like I know they're just adding them because they're like the oldest things. And that's just like what you do when you, you light up a new service. Those are the ones that you add. But you compare that to, you know, blue chip DeFi tokens like Aave, where there's an actual cash flow and other things going on. Like that just seems disingenuous. Uh, or you know misleading that that's like what you see as a newbie coming in and just being like oh well this is what i have to work with like these are my options i'm gonna diversify and these are my options to diversify so i don't know I, it's it's good that this stuff is happening but i feel like the the on-ramp is not at a great spot right now yeah well it's a weird it's a it's it's a legacy infrastructure problem is what I would say. So like 
fundamentally, I think tokenization lets um, lets money behave like a protocol. Or that's what I would say is like what has proliferated that lets Bitcoin work and Ethereum work and fundamentally like any cryptocurrency is these this it's it's a protocol it's like saying we all have to agree on english grammar or else i can't speak english at you and like you can't you can't have the grammar be proprietary or you just invented a new language into which are only invited the other people that know your language right and they have to read the textbook but the textbook has to be accessible it's the same with protocols right everyone using bitcoin is agreeing to the bitcoin protocol but that protocol has to be public and so you just constantly have this checking down of like, hey, here's another protocol that got enough escape velocity at the time when everyone was going, hey, let's try it this way. That like it's still around, but it might not even be the best way to do things. And so and so they behave a lot more like it, it makes money behave a lot more like a communication protocol. And so you look at like we're still using email, even though we might have better ways to do it. Right. Like RSS was the jam for years in terms of aggregating blog content into readers and how we do that kind of stuff. And then that has since turned into a different thing, even though like podcasts still run on RSS, but people would look at RSS and go, oh, that standard sucks. It's so not like data rich compared to what we use. Doesn't matter. That's the standard. It's legacy infrastructure for how we get podcasts around. Um, That's yeah, a weird we saying- thing to, to merge with assets because people, because you don't think of like, when you think of legacy investment, assets it's like ibm has been around for however many years it's been a blue chip for however long like a legacy asset is a good place to put money in the context of traditional capitalism um in terms of DeFi, it just might mean that you're pouring money into a protocol that's shit for doing the thing it's supposed to do and should be gone by now but it clings it clings because yeah, you have I've enough seen... media and you have enough and then it shows up on the default list. And so then when the people that are just like, I should diversify, because that's another thing everybody's been taught, like they look and go, I guess XRP. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> I think what you're saying is like, it's almost like protocol as like a playbook. You know, these centralized services, they're probably just there's a playbook out there. This is how you add crypto. Here you go. Check, 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 check. And they just do that. And it, the other problem is once you were to cross over into like, oh, let's look at like what's going on with like the De- DeFi coins. Uh, that's a whole just barrel of monkeys. <laughs> it's hard to like just well you know, dip your toe and, in. And this is my argument for Ethereum, which is to say if you want to, if you want, DeFi is fun to play in, I think, but it's more like going to Vegas, right? Like a bunch of crazy stuff is happening and it's happening fast if you kind of know the one or two steps, you can go play craps and kind of hold your own against the house. <laughs> like it really is very much that vibe. Uh, it's all built on Ethereum, and ETH is the underlying token for that. So if you want to just make a bet on DeFi, uh, just buy Ethereum. <laughs> like, right? Uh, I guess I guess uh, to extend that narrative, I would say it's it's like Vegas, but if all the people that are playing the games are also building the casinos <laughs> right <laughs> uh, it's kind of like it's more like real estate in vegas right like if you this is buying eth right now is like is like getting the inside scoop that this road is going to run through this nice valley here with this proximity to hoover dam eventually yeah and- do you want to own that real estate <laughs> 
to close it out, he did end up. So part of it is like people come in, they're like, okay, well, I don't want to feel like I'm late, you know, to Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. So give him a little something. So my uh, did buy two other things, but you have to you have to work with just like what's listed on Coinbase. So right. uh, close it up with the the conversation with Barry. He did buy uh, some Wi-Fi and another asset um, on there. But like smaller allocations, because like, and I, I trust him because he's he's a trader. Like he knows he knows the risk. I don't need to tell him that. Like, right. oh, this stuff is volatile. I'm saying if you want more volatility, these are two things that I think are legitimate projects. But what I think that comes down to is like being long curation, and I think that's a, something that projects are trying to figure out now. Like with um, Index Co-op, uh, which is manages the DeFi Pulse Index, which is a, an asset made up of. Um, it's like an ETF of of DeFi assets, and a number of those are going to start popping up. And you can say that either it's curation, and that an app is going to use some DAO or some other uh, smart contract or something to say these are the assets that we're going to even make available. And we say that they, these are at least legitimate projects, and you're not going to get scammed. It's like you know on um on Uniswap, there's some like pop ups to say, hey, like, are you sure you want to buy this thing? Um, it's pretty new, <laughs> not a lot of liquidity, um, and then with curation not just for creating indexes where you know maybe if coinbase listed it it'd be nice to say hey yeah just if you want something other than if you want exposure to DeFi, you can buy this DeFi index on top of eth and, and bitcoin and stuff so i think those will come in and be ni- nicer um on ramps hopefully yeah that's the space where i don't understand well enough to be able to even guess what it looks like, but there's no reason that the consolidation and then re-decentralization process won't continue. So it's going to look like baskets and then tokens to represent those baskets and then DAO ownership of those tokens. And then, you know, it all just fractalizes essentially. So it's either that or everyone gets assigned their own crypto uh, expert. Right. By the or they just listen to the, they just listen to the podcast or just listen to the podcast yeah send our podcast to to, to, to people Always and you know chill. if you if you <laughs> want us to cover more stuff for like for onboarding for noobs you know let us know on Twitter for sure we'll we kind of uh, waver in and out so in the face of that what's uh, eth what's eth sitting at at this point because it is also running I haven't checked yeah. this morning eth is but... running uh. I think it's a little over 600 now. So there is, I think. What was the all-time high last? It's, it's been to 800, four, right? It's 1,400. 1,400. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Remember all the remember all that gas you were spending back in like August? Uh, or maybe even, I don't know, when was it run up? Like May, June. It was during the summer. Uh, we were spending, oh, I would put $30 in gas for this transaction. ETH goes up to 1,400. That's going to be a couple hundred dollars that you're paying. <laughs> In that yeah so uh, so that's why we need these two which kind of gets us to the next thing right um, yeah what I yeah guess what happened there yeah celebration in order i guess so eth2 um is it's been kind of in the works since the beginning of eth but the move from proof of work to proof of stake uh so instead of you know burning electricity to secure the chain it's going to be staking assets to run a validator and if your validator does something it shouldn't um your eth can get get slashed so it's it's basically just making sure that you have skin in the game um always been in the works for ethereum to move to proof of work but i mean uh, proof of stake stake. but uh, obviously that's not a small change um and the the other goal is to get higher throughput so because gas is so high like 
it'd be great to have more throughput, but you're very limited with proof of work because you can make the blocks bigger, you can make them faster, but then you limit who can actually run validators and run nodes and run um, run the mining hardware. So there's definitely downsides to that. And that's why we end up with like these high transaction fees when things get clogged. So a lot of focus on moving things to, to side chains um, and other kind of layer two roll-up solutions, but there's trade-offs with all of those. But the, the end goal is to have a base chain with higher throughput and to do that through proof of stake. And the first step with that, I guess it's like phase zero or whatever, but the first part of it to go live is the beacon chain, which is basically just, it had been, it's kind of like the central chain uh, that'll manage all the communication. Um, ETH2 will be sharded, meaning that it's basically be like, if you just take ETH as it is, Ethereum as it is now and create like, I don't know, I don't know how many shards are going to have now, but just say it's like 16, just take 16 copies of it, but they all communicate to uh, to one another through a central, uh, the central beacon chain. Um, so there's like a central components of that. But the reason this is big news is this has been getting worked on for a while. Um, a couple different development groups have been, been uh, contributing to it. And then it was finally released, but you know, it's all just economic signaling games in the world of crypto. So you can't just say like, okay, we release the chain, everyone like this is it, use it. Um, there needs to be signaling from uh, the user. So they said, okay, we, we released it, it's ready to go, it's ready for deposits. And then there was a time and contribution amount limit uh, to say, okay, you have to have this amount of ether locked in the contract as of this date for it to, to go live. And uh, I think it was just uh, within a couple hours kind of went up to the wire, um, but enough, enough ether got in there. And now ETH2, a component of ETH2, because you cannot withdraw that ether. There's, I don't know how many millions, it's like a couple hundred million dollars worth of ether in there now. Four, uh, 415 million as of the last time I looked. Yeah. So it's a strong up. signal by the community that, okay, we have confidence in ETH2. And it's worthwhile to kind of continue moving forward. So nothing you can I mean, do with functionally, it now. That becomes the liquidity on the new chain, right? I mean, that's the idea. They migrated. Uh, they're they're sort of functionally migrating their ETH to this new chain by staking it. Uh, yes, theoretically, be, so they can become validators. Correct. Yeah, and um, it'll be on there, and they'll be on there as validators once it's more components of it are live they will be to they will be able to unstake as validators but that eth will be native to to eth2 they will never right. be able to use that eth on eth1 again right so if nothing this is that much money worth of you know signal that people are like we're moving over here once it's ready yeah or at least i think if i stake this 32 and i get my 20% back that enough other people are going to use this that that's going to like that's actually going to make me uh, money it, it it proof of stake it's it's interesting to see see where the what happens as the transition rolls in this regard and the and you know part of the idea with proof of stake is like eventually proof of work other than everything you mentioned is limited by the fact that like uh as things again sort of reconsolidate the people that win end up being the people that can afford to get a warehouse and fill it with servers and have those process transactions all day. Uh, if you fundamentally, like if you want to maximally decentralize your system, you have to have a system that's attainable to me and I can just run my like gaming computer at night 
and still earn enough that it's worth the electricity for me to do that. And so not having the arbitrary proof of work part makes that possibly more tenable. But the risk right now would be I have to stake my, you know, it's the cost of running the machine, but that's way lower in proof of stake than it would be if I were running proof of work. And then... But it's it's eight, it's like twenty thousand dollars to get into. It's twenty thousand dollars, right? Though. So it's not that accessible, <laughs> right? But right. it's more accessible than I could ever. I could never have a hope of mining a Bitcoin, right? No, uh, and it's it's like mining pools. I don't I don't consider it particularly. Uh, sure, great if everyone could. And a number of projects, like I know Cello is a project that um, is focused on having validators be like run on your phone and it should be very accessible. And I, I don't see that as particularly necessary. It's, it needs to be um, non-exclusionary. And the issue with proof of work, I mean, proof of stake and why there hasn't been a um, proof of stake chain that's really been successful to this point, many, many have tried, is that you end up you're talking about like minor, cons- you know, centralization in some capacity of like, okay, well, yeah, everyone, you know, everyone talks about Chinese minor consolidation. Okay. Because there's cheap power in China connected to some of these giant dams. It's still just economic. It's economic competition. Um, in proof of stake, what happens is generally the distributions are based on how much you're staking and you can get this rich, get richer kind of situation um and that's why the distribution is actually the most important aspect of any proof of stake system and what eth is trying to do is say proof of work is a good distribution mechanism and that's what bitcoin did um it's you have good economic um incentives such that there is competition it's not open and that anyone can do it but it's open competition in, in that anyone can compete so as the stakes get higher, like people can figure out ways to be creative and and um, you know co- compete. Like you're not uh, kept out, and that's why it was good to get. Okay, we have ETH now in the hands of a large number of people, fairly distributed. Can we then move to proof of stake? Um, with once we've done that, versus like okay, we're going to start out and like everyone come and like if it had happened after the initial sale, it would be you know Joe Lubin would just be accruing all this value uh and controlling the network which you know you could argue he he has a lot of sway now but he by no means controls the network and it's definitely more distributed now than it was then as far as the the assets across you know the whole set of users right so then if you look at the number of people who are actually or the number of nodes that were actually providing proof of work essentially the idea here is now if we have ninety thousand people that bought in and that's how we have the 14 400 million like that is that much more diffuse than the couple hundred nodes we had that could handle proof of work essentially um yeah i mean the the number doesn't really i think it's like the, the competition is the open access for competition is what matters and i haven't looked into the distribution um specifics for new coins being minted i mean the distrib- the new issuance is going to be fairly low over time and there'll be a decent you'll get a decent return as a validator um but not crazy but it seems like everyone should be able to run one and it's kind of like being able to r- run your own bitcoin node uh to validate transactions to have the extra level of security that like how you are interacting with the chain is is how it should be or how you and in- how you think it should be um, so it's going to be a big, big change. And there's still questions about like composability. You know, we talk a lot about composability and the importance of that in DeFi, where if you have 
different shards to get that higher throughput, those don't apps that are on one shard don't interact as easily with apps that are on a different shard than with things that are on their same shard. So that's been a big change throughout the past year or so with some of the structure of it where they're initially going to be like a thousand shards and now they've reduced it down a lot to have higher activity per shard um, but less shards so yeah it's a whole a whole thing but big first step um great to see and you know i guess now the big focus will be on the next step which i actually don't know what that is so we'll have to come back around to that at a later date the next step for us has been decided by twitter yes i don't know if you've noticed it looks like we're talking about pickle pickle (laughs) urine and pickle which i have no idea about on either side so yeah, uh, I guess yeah, we're gonna do two two quick hits here at the end. Uh, throw out a quick poll. Uh, keep an eye out on Twitter. We'll try to get trying to get more engagement there to hear hear what people want to hear about. You know, we kind of build in our own little our own little uh, um, worlds, but it's good to hear what uh, people are interested in. So, um, throw out a vote for for what to talk about. Um, the urine pickle merger just came out today, uh, so. <laughs> Case says rug pull meme is played out and no one cares about tree. I feel like that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think the people that care about tree care about tree. So I think they are not vast yet. So I'll do, I'll do, I'll do meme rug pull first because I think case might've been thinking of the, the act of a rug pull. The meme that is the rug pull. Right. Got it. This is, yeah, no meme coin. Yeah. Yeah, this is the meme meme coin don't buy meme.com uh art installation basically called rug pull where it is uh 12 identical NFTs that are all that all got auctioned off. They'll have um a moving picture on them. It's the same piece of art. One of them contains a uh, Bitcoin private key that contain that holds one Bitcoin. But you have to destroy, basically like burn your NFT uh, to find out if it does. But what happens is, is like at this point, like the the value of every each one of them is one twelfth of a Bitcoin, right? Because like you don't know. Maybe you have it, maybe you don't. So they all sold, I think, I mean between seventeen and like thirty-five meme which is like thirty five hundred to seven thousand dollars so well over like the net present value or whatever of their of what what they should be um but let's say someone goes and burns their their nft and they get they have the bitcoin the rest of them just go to like zero or whatever the the value of the art and the experiences that's why it's called rug pull because like anyone can go pull the rug they don't know if they're pulling it or not Right. They're either going to force theirs to go down to zero and everyone else's to go up a little bit, or the value of their their asset, or they're going to or they're going to be worth a lot and everyone else's this is going to go to zero. It's it's like a binary thing. What if it gets to just be there's three remaining and no one will pull it? Yeah, that could like happen. What, that gets crazy. <laughs> or you know, weird things the, like that happen. The ideal would be if you know will. Uh, owners of them band together and then sign, like do a pact to say, okay, we will not sell. Uh, which you could do through a smart contract or something like that. What if but the then, ultimate rug pull is that it doesn't, it's not there? Well, that would be crappy. <laughs> I don't know if there's any proof that it is or is not 
there. I didn't go into go that deep, but uh, you know, it's very interesting because it, you know they earned way more than one Bitcoin selling it. Um, right. So it's just very cool that you can do this, uh, do this stuff, and it they're they're calling it an art installation, but it's you know, I, I find this stuff very interesting, like the intersection of art and DeFi. I went to art school, man. I appreciate a good installation. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cool experimentation. So, anyways, that's that's the meme rug pull. Um, we'll hop on, <laughs> hop on the pickle, hop on urine. Um, it, I think we've covered urine enough on this pod. Uh, pickle, if people are not aware, is a similar product with um, to some of these other kind of farming aggregators put your assets into like a staking contract. They put them to work in the back end, going and um, putting it into some yield generating protocol. And then they drop you pickle on top of it. Initially, and I think they went away from this a little bit, but pickle was interesting. And we actually covered pickle, I think in like episode two or something like that. Um, it was initially launched with the idea of using these kind of yield farming primitives to help bring the die peg back to $1. So you would get higher rewards for um, dollar pegged assets that needed to be locked up um, relative to die to helpfully, hopefully um, kind of take those assets off the market and, and affect their relative price to one another. But uh, unfortunately they, uh, I think it was late last week. Um, there was a, a change implemented and then a very fairly sophisticated attack where someone they they call them jars where urine has vaults pickle has pickle jars where you put your assets and they kind of put them to work someone rolled out a um i think they call it evil they were they've been referring to it as the evil jar but it was a nefarious pickle jar that was able to drain 20 million dollars from one of the existing pickle jars oh no yeah which which sucks um Turns out there's eight or nine different ways that it could have been prevented. Um, so a lot of the the level of postmorts that come out after these things is very impressive. Like people, a lot of detail, a lot of interest in it. Um, hopefully this all goes back into making things more secure. But urine has been very secure. If you were to ask me, I, I think they're probably the most trusted of all these projects that have, you know, just a lot of developer mindshare working on these like kind of vault type strategies. So what it looks like is happening is they're kind of pickle will now be absorbed into the urine ecosystem and the pickle token will continue to exist. Um, and there'll be kind of cross sharing of yield. Um, I don't know exactly the full difference between the two projects, but it's interesting in the sense of like one of the first kind of DeFi merger and acquisitions where it's kind of like how can you take something that has an existing community and existing token and another thing that has an existing community and existing token and like kind of bring them together but it really looks like you know uh berkshire hathaway or something like acquiring a distressed company that's like going through bankruptcy basically and then uh saving them and pulling them out of it yeah it's an interesting it like it we've been at it long enough with the idea of composability and sort of running these tests and 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 you've seen places where this plays out like there's there's sort of like dow examples as well but the reality is like first you got to get a deal done then the next two years of your life is integrating these two communities 
so you know it, it, we're getting to that interesting space now where something like urine pops up and then something like pickle kind of pivots off of that idea and pulls mindshare to some extent and it becomes a community problem like it becomes a thing of 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 okay they can either be competitors or if the communities can play nice with one another they can be the same project well the, what's happening with urine and pickle is there's a, there's actually going to be another token that uh, I don't know if it has already been created and distributed or if it will be created and distributed to those that lost money. It's called a corn, yeah. cor- cornishon, cornishon, corn- like the, you know, the little tiny pickles, yeah, the tiny little pickles. Yeah. 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 So anyway, everyone that lost money in the hack got cornishon. And I, I think there's going to be some portion of the fees that's going to go back to eventually re- repaying them. This is awesome. interesting. This like, is the, like, yeah, yeah, it just, and, it's like Voltrons all the way down. You can mash this stuff together and then you can just say, okay, we have a token for that. And so even the people that lost money in this hack, like we can at least represent that with the token and then try to find a way to f- like fix it. Do something. Yeah. It isn't necessarily a hard fork or whatever, right? Um, yeah, you don't, you don't leave them high and dry fully. And you, if you tokenize it, it's great because you can have some probability of it being paid back to some capacity in the future. And um, B0X actually has this with their uh, VB0X, like vested B0X token. Um, but it trades on the open market. So it can trade at like a, a discount to um, the other token where I don't know if this is going to be something where you can trade it in for pickle weight on the line or something like that. Um, but it'll trade at some discount based on people's like assumption of probability for it being fully, fully redeemed. But it's a, interesting. It's like it's, the iteration is just kind of nuts how fast everything is going because initially when yearn launched there were all these yearn forks that would launch and issue their own token and then the yearn vaults got predatory they would just go to those other protocols and just suck up as much as that other token as they could and just dump it on the market and they just like destroyed just absolutely destroyed these other tokens because it was just programmatically farming it and they were a huge farmer because they had all these assets in their vaults uh getting all these tokens and just dropping them on the market over and over and over. And then it was a couple of weeks ago, they had been trying to work with pickle for um, non like collaborative strategies where they could um, farm pickle, but not necessarily just dump it all the time. They would move it into some other staking contract that would earn them some other tokens. And it was more supportive of pickle period versus, okay, we're just going to get as much pickle as we can, like immediately dump it. And this is just like the next level. And I don't know if this would have happened, without the hack um probably not in the same time frame uh but it's like you know a couple months in this state a couple months in this state and now we're on this next state of like you said is it going to be a consolidation of these different projects you know maybe only if they have like certain you know unique things to bring to the forefront well to compete what we have to do compete for that total value locked for that for the fees that come in um you know, with the big players. So we'll see. The, the interesting thing about tokenizing what you lost because of a hack through through your normal, your usual lens of sort of like, okay, it's $20 million was lost, but like it exposed that attack vector in the, the scheme of things. That's cheap as a way to have to debugged that, like that attack vector. I don't know, man, 20 million just saying the people who experience that are shit out of luck, we say, well, like, worst case, we'll tokenize it, we'll recognize that that loss of capital was, like, associated with value provided to the system through the the debugging capacity, essentially. Um, 
that that could conceivably motivate some subset of those people to like work to fix the thing so that they can still get the value out of the thing that they ultimately believed in on some level to begin with enough to have put the money in to be, to, to, to begin with. And it sucks that they lost the money, but at least they're still in a position to be like, Oh, but I might keep working on this project. Cause if the project keeps going, then this, you know, sort of like, this Cornishan token will eventually be worth something. Uh, that's very different than just getting wrecked and then feeling like, okay, well, I'm out of here because this didn't work. Well, that's the difference um, with it being true community projects and true quote unquote DeFi is it should be kind of decentralized the governance of it in some capacity, which means that there needs to be a a community. And likely that community is a large portion of the people that got wrecked. So they're they're very uh, motivated to figure out some way to help those that did get wrecked. But you know, you compare this to something like Ave, which they built like their whole Ave token. Now there's a whole system for a security module. So you're they're trying to address this up front, and you know Ave is doing something very different than than Yearn. It's supposed to be it's more of like a bank, like a decentralized bank, where Yearn is like more of a decentralized quant fund, I, I would say, of some sort. So it's a different different model, um, but we'll see if some of these try to do. Is this model of uh, retroactive um, compensation for people that get that lose money in a hack? Is that is that maybe even a better model than oh let's set money aside on the way up as you know to cover any potential hack or allow people to opt in maybe for a higher yield to 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 um, taking that risk to back anything of a potential hack? So right, yeah. It, uh, definitely one to have to dig a little more into but um might be the uh start of a a new a new trend composability for the win yeah what what do you what are your favorite um sides that you like to compose with your turkey that I, that I like to compose with my turkey stuffing mashed potatoes and gravy i'm pretty boring that way i suppose uh it's a good way to go. i mean gravy on everything for sure yeah i think that's the main thing that's the glue the glue. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying a uh, low, low to no carb Thanksgiving. Interesting. That cuts out yeah. the potatoes. Cuts out the potatoes. Cuts out the stuffing, which is a little rough. But we'll see how it goes. Meat. Do, uh, cauliflower. <laughs> meat on cheese. meat still meat. on the table. Meat. Keto Thanksgiving. Uh, we. I tried doing a lower carb uh, blueberry pie last year. That did not work. So uh, not. The, the pie is um, exempt. Exempt from that rule. That's fair. Pie's pie's good. Pie's not really a side though. It's its own course. No, no for sure. <laughs> Alright, man. Well, uh, if I don't talk to you, have a great Thanksgiving. All listeners, have a great Thanksgiving you in the United States. Otherwise, hanging out. Everybody. Talk to you all next week. Bye.